Hey everyone, today I have with us for the second time Jacksonville Jaguars beat reporter John Shipley. For those of you who don't know already, John is a beat writer with the Jaguar Report at Sports Illustrated, as well as co-host of the Jaguars Report podcast. If you're looking for him on X, the site formerly known as Twitter, you can find him at underscore John underscore Shipley. That's S-H-I-P-L-E-Y. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, doing good, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's good to have you back here. Um, we are recording this on the Friday afternoon after the Thursday night uh, football showing here by the Jaguars. Uh, they're now sitting at 5-2, and two, and uh, as everybody would probably know, we talked to you before the season started about what we would expect from the Jaguars this year with Trevor Lawrence in year three and then uh, the second year of the head coach there. Um, a couple of the predictions that we had seem to be kind of working out and some of them maybe not as good as I would have hoped. But at the moment, they're sitting five and two at the top of their division. Now, of course, we have the rest of the teams to play this week. But uh, just from where we're at right at the moment, we know records don't tell us everything. So seven weeks into the season, who are the Jaguars, in your opinion? I mean, I, I think the Jaguars are a team that they've definitely taken on the identity of their head coach. You know, they definitely a team that hasn't reached that consistency mark yet. There's still a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. You saw plenty against the Saints. And that It seems like the last probably three games they've had have all been closer final score-wise than they should have been because they keep getting in their own way. But on the other hand, the way they've taken on Peterson's identity is, you know, basically no matter the context of the situation, it seems like they're willing and able to overcome some adversity. You know, they, they give up, I believe it was a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter last night mm-hmm. and, you know, come back and hit a 44-yard touchdown to Christian Kirk. Then you have a second-year cornerback who was a seventh-round pick last year making his first start mix the game winning play and fourth down. So just stuff like that, you know, they, they, it's definitely a very culture driven team. And I think you see a lot of that on the field and, you know, not a team that, like I said, has really become consistent yet, but that, that's, what's kind of crazy. You know, they're a five and two team that it still feels like can still play much better than they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of been the thing uh, that I've been, you know, as somewhat disappointed or whatever, maybe in my Calvin Ridley shares in fantasy on the season. Uh, at the same time, it, it's also encouraging just watching this team overall. Like you mentioned, it feels like, you know, they've won five games, but they haven't reached their potential. Uh, they've beaten the Bills uh, in London. And so uh, they they kept the, the uh, Chiefs kind of close as well in a low scoring game there. So it's not as though their two uh, losses anyways have been uh, that you know, crazy discouraging either. It's just a matter of, you know, you could even compare them maybe to the Eagles, right? Like they're a really good team, but they haven't reached their potential. So maybe an AFC version of them. And uh, I'm kind of excited to see how, uh, how things uh, continue to progress Uh, overall. Would you give Trevor Lawrence a pretty good grade on the year? I know PFF has him rated fairly highly. At least they did coming into the last uh, game or two. I think they had him rated at like second in uh, their version of scoring. But uh, what's been your opinion in year two uh, under Peterson with Trevor Lawrence? I think Trevor's had a really strong start to season. And you're not going to see that really on the box score because for a number of reasons, you know, they're, they're just not a team that is lining up and airing it out and taking many, you know, deep shots. You know, he's not going to have a Justin Herbert, like, you know, 350-yard, four-touchdown type game very often because – 
one, they don't have the offensive line to really be dropping back, taking very many vertical shots. And then two, they're a West Coast offense by nature. You know, they're trying to win horizontally as opposed to vertically. So he's being asked to kind of be a point guard in a lot of aspects, which leads to some middling box scores, but some really efficient outings. I thought last night he had an incredibly efficient outing. And, you know, he got the ball out the quickest time he's ever gotten out in his career. And he, st- he didn't sacrifice a ton of plays downfield because of it. So I, I, I think he's had a strong start of the season. You know, he's not putting up MVP numbers. He probably won't this year just based on what their roster looks like and the offensive line that they have in front of them. But I do think that he's had a better year than numbers suggest and has honestly improved from a year ago. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, fun to look at, you know, again, yeah, as you mentioned, like as opposed to a couple years ago where everything was just a kind of a complete disaster there. Uh, Jacksonville at this point on the year, as far as offensive team points uh, per game is concerned, is uh, at number nine with uh, 24.7. Uh, but over the last three games, they're at number four. So, you know, maybe they can uh, continue to pick up the pace. Obviously, that game against the Colts uh, was good for them as well in a couple of aspects. But uh, before we go too much further uh, into the offense there, what have you seen? Last night, we saw some good plays from the defense, like you mentioned. Uh, what have you seen from them? They especially have been good against the run this year, number six overall in the season, but in the last three games have uh, stepped out up even more to the top three run defense in terms of yardage anyways. So what have you seen from them? What can we expect from them going forward? Is this enough to help push them through the playoffs, uh, you know, assuming that we get there? Yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely one of the better run defenses in the NFL. I mean, just looking at their first and second down splits, their entire philosophy as a defense is to kind of win on early downs, you know, force teams in the second and longs, third and longs, because they think if they win on the early rundowns and don't give up many yards there, you know, they create more advantageous, you know, things they can do schematically on third down. You saw last night the Saints had a lot of third and longs, and they didn't they didn't convert many. I think the Saints were like three, three of 16 on third down. They went forward on fourth down a good bit. I think they were like four of six. But the Jaguars' run defense is really strong. And, I mean, that's because they play with, you know, the – the kind of personnel you would expect a strong run defense for. You know, they play with a lot of base personnel, which is two outside linebackers and the three down linemen, along with the two inside linebackers. But even when they don't, you know, Trayvon Walker hasn't developed as a pass rusher like anybody really, I think, would want from number one pick. But if you are looking for some value from him, he's a big part of why their run defense is as ranked highly as it is. So the, it, and then you look in the back end, they've gotten really strong play out of several players, you know, in the secondary. Andre Sisco and Darius Williams have both been phenomenal over the last month. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins has had some good games. Trey Herndon had a good game last night. He's an impactful blitzer, good tackler. He had a nice play on Chris Olave in coverage. And then I think the biggest question mark for defense moving forward is the pass rush. I mean, you saw last night. Josh mm-hmm. Allen had a career game. He had 10 pressures, three quarterback hits. He absolutely, you know, didn't got anything he wanted against Andrews Pete. He was, you know, just a second or a step away from, you know, a multi-sat game. But on the flip side, he was their only front seven defender who had a win rate above 9%. So he's really kind of a one-man show right now. Like I said, Trayvon Walker hasn't really developed as one would hope as a pass rusher. So if you're looking for, like, one part of the defense that's maybe a bit questionable, it's the fact that, you know, Josh Allen's, having a career year so far but it's basically just him when it comes to the pass rush 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, <clears throat> I was looking at some of the tweets that you had or posts rather, whatever they're called now. But um, uh, and so if anybody's interested, definitely go check out John's profile. He's got a lot of good stuff from last night. Uh, always insightful there. And you were posting about, yeah, their win rates and all of that. And it's uh, it's been interesting to see. But hey, at least you're getting production from somewhere on that line. So uh, that's that's good. Uh, overall, I guess just taking a real quick step back on the season so so far in, uh, what has been maybe something that's been a little bit better than expected for the Jags before? It's easy to get negative, but what uh, what has been maybe surprised you or maybe lived up to your hopeful expectations uh, and maybe it's been a little bit better than what people were thinking? I think the secondary, like I said, has definitely been better than I thought it would be. I mean, I had a prediction coming into the season they would have a bottom, I think, five pass defense and – my issue really at the time was the pass rush combined with what I thought was just an okay secondary, but the secondaries looked far more than okay this year. You know, it's looked like a legitimately one of the better secondaries in the NFL. And then last night, you know, you drop a seventh round pick into it, who's barely played in two years, and he ends up having not just one pass breakup in the end zone, but two. So I think the secondary has definitely been one unit that, you know, maybe even saying overachieving is maybe not even accurate because maybe they were, you know, a, a unit that should have been ranked highly all along and people including myself missed on them. Gotcha. Okay. On the flip side of that, uh, I know you already mentioned Trevon Walker there, but uh, offensive or defenses, uh, we can all, we could probably name Calvin Ridley, but maybe, maybe you disagree with that. Has there been anything that's been a little bit less than expected coming into the season? Yeah, I think the offensive line, I think I, underestimated how much the Cam Robinson suspension would have an impact over the first month. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, you look at their offense, and like I said, a lot of it's horizontal stuff. Lawrence has one of the lowest average depth of targets in the NFL, one of the quickest time to throws, and I don't think that's purely by design. Like, I, I think they do wish they could go vertically more because I think this year, you know, PFF has them as the best deep ball passer in football, but it's not a core part of their offense right now, and I – I think that's largely because they don't trust the protection in front of Lawrence. So they're really basing their offense around a quick passing game, trying to limit as many hits and as much time in the pocket as he can possibly get. And I, I definitely would say the offensive line has gotten better in recent weeks. Uh, Cam Robinson's return has definitely played a part, but they've also had some injuries. You know, they had Walker a little healthy right now on that left guard. Maybe it looked a little bit different, but right now they're, you know, a team that they've gotten some strong play from their tackle, but left guard has been an issue and center has been up and down this year. And it's definitely reflected in how they've played offense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, has been a little bit encouraging for me, uh, even with all of that has been uh, Travis Etienne, though. Uh, do you think the offensive line just isn't as good going backwards as they are forwards? I mean, he's at 500 yards on the season under uh, uh, at 127 attempts and seven touchdowns. That's just considering what he's at on the ground. Uh, do you think, I mean, we discussed even uh, earlier this season, maybe they wouldn't be giving him as many touches, but uh, that doesn't seem to be an issue at this point in time. Is that just because that's what they're capable of doing as opposed to going down the field like you kind of mentioned? Yeah, so I, I think he, they're definitely, you know, riding the hot hand at running back right now. I, I really think that the way ETN's playing and his ability, I mean, he has six touchdowns over the last three games, which I, I put out a tweet yesterday that Patriots have eight touchdowns all season. So, yeah, he's, <laughs> oh, he, don't he's, remind me. <laughs> yeah. So he's just at a, he's at a crazy pace right now. But, I mean, if you look at his overall efficiency numbers and, you know, stuff like that. He's not really putting up like big volume, you know, mm -hmm. 
rushing yardage and stuff like that. A lot of the, the stuff he's getting is yards created after contact and some explosive plays on the perimeter that they've had. So I would say the offensive line has been better in terms of run blocking, but I, I'm not sure it's still, like, I would say a good run blocking unit. I think a lot of it has been ETN creating for himself, which I think is a big reason you haven't seen much Tank Bigsby. When you see Tank Bigsby get in there, you know, it's a rookie running back behind a not very good offensive line. He hasn't been effective, like, really at yeah. all. So, But when you put ETN in there, you know, he's able to create for himself. He can mask some of the deficiencies they have just because of the talent that he is. Yeah, I know we saw a lot of good publicity coming into the season for Tank Bigsby, and I certainly kind of took the cheese on that. And he very well might be kind of talented or, or you know, exciting. But as you mentioned, ETN's able to get it done. And uh, Tank has, yeah, 20 attempts on the season for 45 yards. And he does have two scores. I think he had a score yeah. maybe even in week one. But Yeah, I, I think it was like week one and I want to say week three. They were both like one-yard touchdown runs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those ETN fantasy owners, maybe as much as they're getting, uh, we're a little upset about those. Who knows? But uh, we danced around it a little bit. Calvin Ridley, um, you know, recently I've been hearing some other people talking about, you know, they don't really have a huge financial commitment to him in the long term. Uh, I can't remember the nature of the trade, but of course he was suspended at the time when they made the trade. And, uh, you know, he's shown some major talent. I mean, he looks really good at times, but it just doesn't seem like he is on the same page with um, Trevor Lawrence at times, or maybe he's just reacclimating, or perhaps, as you mentioned, just the offense won't allow for him to be productive in the way that he could be productive. Right now, um, let me see his receiving yardage so I can get it uh, accurate here for everybody. But reception-wise, he, I believe, is at 27 on the season for 368 yards and two touchdowns. And I think we're all just kind of expecting a little bit more than that. Now, Christian Kirk is uh, 474 yards. So, uh, you know, he really second on the team in, in far insofar as, like, receiving yardage is concerned. But it just feels like we're not quite getting – what we were thinking. What do you see from him throughout the rest of this year and maybe even speculate a little bit in the future what you think that may look like with his relationship and future with the team? Yeah, so his contract is, uh, I mean, the deal is if he signs an extension, the Jaguars send a, their second-round pick to the Falcons. Basically, if he just finishes the season out on the roster, keeps playing, but doesn't sign an extension, they send a third-round pick. So they basically have to decide whether, you know, re-signing him is losing, you know, a top you know, a late second round pick is what it's going to end up being. I, I honestly, like, I, I know there was a lot of, you know, concern last night with Calvin Ridley, at least, you know, on social media, especially with Jamal Agnew getting so many targets. But I, I, I said it on, you know, our podcast and I've said it, it basically each week that they play a team that plays defense like New Orleans does. It's just, it's a trend with him this year against teams that play press coverage. He's just not going to be much of a factor. He's one of the most pressed receivers in the NFL, but he also, I think next gen stats put out a tweet with this yesterday is one of the like lowest efficiency receivers against press coverage right now. Part of that maybe is because of how he's used in the offense. Maybe they don't do enough to, you know, get him some free releases, but Overall, I think you can kind of predict which games he's going to thrive in and which games he's not. You know, and you go back to week five, though, against Buffalo, a zone team, you know, that was called by a lot of people who have kind of been tracking this trend as a big week for him. And, you know, we're having this conversation two weeks ago. It's, you know, how much are they going to pay Calvin Ridley after he, you know, 100 something yards and a ton of 
big third down catches against Buffalo. So I really think it just kind of depends week on week. And really, I, I feel like how people feel about Calvin Ridley, it's probably going to be based on what defense <laughs> the Jaguars play <laughs> that week and what they're really going to allow them to do. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I was kind of hoping personally, yeah, maybe to be a little bit more of number one, but at least if you're able to predict what uh, you're looking at again, if you're looking at it from a fantasy angle or something like that, uh, maybe it's a little bit more predictable. Like you said, that's a good, that's some good information. See that that's why we have the uh, people like you on John. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's just see here for the rest of the season. So, uh, if we just kind of look at things holistically, there's, uh, they've got the Steelers coming up and then they're by. Uh, then they play the Niners, which is a, a tough team. So we'll really get to see maybe who they're they're made of. We know that the Niners have lost to Cleveland uh, with that excellent defense there. Then you've got the Titans twice still on the season. Uh, the Texans once, who uh, are one of the losses on the Jaguar schedule already. Bengals, Browns, as we mentioned, their defense is good. Baltimore Ravens, the Bucks, and then the Panthers once. Uh, so. What do you think uh, this team is going to look like at the end of the season? The over-under before the season began when we talked last was about nine and a half or ten games, depending on where you look. Last year, they won the division at nine and eight. Hey, nine and eight may get it done again this year, depending on how C.J. Stroud and those Texans do. What uh, what would you predict? Yeah, I think 11, 11 and six, maybe 12 and five, I think makes sense. I, there's still a temple tough couple of tough games left on their schedule. You never know what can happen in divisional games. You know, they, they they were clearly the better team on paper than the Texans in week three, and Texans end up winning, you know, 37-17 to 17 in Jacksonville. But I think some solace you can take is one that, like we said earlier, the Jaguars still probably haven't played the best football. You know, you probably expect them to be better down the stretch than they are right now. And then, two, the games that they have lost to the Chiefs and to the Texans, it's kind of been – completely self-inflicted you know it's been things that they've done to themselves as opposed to other teams taking advantage of flaws that they have you know whether it be penalties or you know turnovers that really you know other teams aren't forcing they're kind of doing on their own you know uh, allowing a kick return to a fullback like they did against you know houston a miscommunication in the secondary which led to two deep touchdowns against Houston. So I think, you know, they're still on a solid trajectory. And even with a tough second half schedule, I think you can still expect them to be a double digit win team and a playoff team. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited about watching that. We'll see them here again, coming up against the Steelers in a week, and then uh, they'll have their bye to, to rest a little bit comes at a good time before those 49ers. So, uh, John, before I let you go, uh, is there anything else that uh, I missed that you thought was relevant to our conversation here? No, I, I don't think so. Like, like it's it's been you know a little bit of an up and down season at times for them, but you know riding a four game winning streak, you know they can get some guys healthy before Pittsburgh and then during the bye week. I think that the second half of the season, like we said, games against the 49ers, Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Texans, a rematch. I think games like that will show you what kind of team this is. All righty, sounds good. So uh, just so everybody knows, again, where can we find you and your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at X, whatever, at underscore John underscore Shipley. Uh, same with at Jaguar Report. We have the Jaguar Report podcast out on all platforms twice a week. And also, obviously, Jaguar Report at SI, SI.com slash NFL slash Jaguars. All right. Yeah, make sure to check out John's work there. Thanks again for joining us, John. And for all of you listening, we appreciate you as well. See you next time. Thanks, Adam.